Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 1st of February. Good to have you aboard. We got a lot going on here today. We, of course, are a Blue Wire podcast, and we are presented, as always, by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. If you're in an accident, personal injury, you call it. You first call 911, then you call Anna Jar and Levine. You get an attorney on the phone immediately, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsor from day number one. This show's not possible without my friends at Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. So, we got a big day today. There's a lot to react to. I'm obviously, I'm super pleased with the Heat's win last night. I can't believe it on my television right now. We got Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike and the Mad Dog are on first take. The, I, I forgot, like, they're doing the reunion 
I look up at my TV right now. Obviously, dog, Chris Russo, that's my guy. Uh, and it's funny because yesterday, you know, th- th- this, I guess, was an anniversary that came up on Facebook where, you know, they, they do the however many years ago on this day, you posted this, blah, blah, blah. And so it must have been like 11 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. And and the member was, it was me, Joy Taylor, Christopher Russo in New York, Super Bowl, great picture. So I, I shared that with everyone there yesterday. Everybody knows my affinity for Chris Russo. And he, of course, does does first take every Wednesday. And today is the reunion. Mike and the Mad Dog. So I, I had to hit the record button right quick, all right? I got it on my TV here, but I hit the record button right quick. I'll watch it later on today. I will be honest. I'm going to enjoy, like on my TV there right now, you got Mike and the Mad Dog along with Stephen A. Smith and Molly Carib. It's really cool seeing Mike and Dog together again. But I got to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think Mike and the Mad Dog on first take has the appeal to most of the viewers. I, I it's a very regional thing, and I, I I I think it's one thing for I think it's one thing to have Dog to have Chris Russo on first take. He's a character, you know. You, you, at this point, I think most viewers of first take they get the shtick. I mean, you had J.J. Reddick, whatever it was, months ago, who behaved like a real asshole and tried to paint Chris Russo as, as a racist. I mean, that's true. That's what he tried to do, all right? But everyone knows at this point, they get the shtick with Russo. They understand what he's about, and, and it's fun. He's a character. Mike Rancesa is not a character. Mike Rancesa, especially at this point in his life, it, you know, probably comes off as just a curmudgeon crusty, old white guy. Russo's still very likable. Francesca's going to come up on this show like a guy who takes sports way too serious. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy seeing Mike and Matt, Mike and Dog on the screen together again in any capacity. But for first take, like I wonder what kind of reaction this is going to wind up getting. I don't think it's going to be favorable. I think it's a very regional thing. Well, I know it's a very regional thing, Mike and the Mad Dog. And I, I don't think this has the appeal to everyone else, as it does to people like me, who, you know, for many years listened slash watched on, on, on Yes Network, Mike and the Mad Dog, and of course, who were very influenced by Christopher Russo. So anyway, I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't think it has the appeal to most of the country that normally watches First Take. You can get at me on Twitter, at Zaslow Show, of course, at Zaslow J on Instagram, where I'm an influencer. You can hit me up, love interacting with all of you guys. So, the heat last night, that's what... Well, now, you know what? Let's start with Brady. Yeah, yeah. The Brady news broke earlier this morning. We'll get to the Heat in a second. The Heat with a real, real good win at Cleveland last night. But Brady this morning, I mean, let's get right to it, right? So somewhere in the 8 o'clock hour, right, the, the, the video was posted. It was his Instagram or his Twitter. I'm not sure which one. I'm sure you've heard it by now. But for context, Tom Brady... He's sitting on the, he's walking on the beach. He's having a stroll. Was he by himself? He's walking on the beach. He's having a stroll. He says, you know what? I'm going to sit down right now. I'm going to hit the on button here on this video. I'm going to announce my retirement. Now, as it turns out, he apparently called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6 a.m. this morning. And then, you know, he's doing a stroll on the beach. He's going over his life. He's reminiscing about all the good times and the bad times and the hard times, daddy. And so somewhere in the 8 o'clock hour, I guess it was, he sat down on the beach there and he decides, hey, let's put this video together. I'm going to post it. So to give you some context, 
He, you probably heard it by now, but for some of you who haven't, you're busy, you're working, you got lives to live. Here was Tom Brady this morning. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So there it is. Hey, he's retiring for good. I do believe him. I know there's a lot of jokes out there right now. Uh, I absolutely believe him. Jeff Darlington, who, you know, that's like his media guy, said it, it came down to either the Buccaneers or nothing. You know, Buccaneers are retiring, and he decided to retire. I I thought, you know, when he said goodbye in the, in the press conference after losing the playoff game to Dallas, I didn't think that he was retiring. I didn't think that he was saying goodbye to Tampa. I thought when he was thanking them, I felt he was thanking them for respecting his privacy this year. I didn't think he was thanking them for all they've done for their hard work because he was retiring or because he was leaving the Bucks. I thought, I definitely didn't think it was because he was retiring. I thought he was sticking around. I actually thought he was going to wind up going back to the Patriots, that he would end his, because they need a quarterback. Mac Jones, one of the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen. I figured he was going to go back to New England, kind of make things right one more year there. So I thought when he was thanking the Tampa media, I thought he was thanking them, not, not because he's retiring, not necessarily because he's leaving Tampa, but because they were good to him this year and what was a really tough, really trying year. And personally, you know, they probably knew stuff that was going on and decided to keep it private and not put it out there in the papers and whatnot. But I, I, I do believe it's real. He... You know, Favre was back and forth. We all know that retire, unretire, retire, unretire. And, and it was a little bit silly last year with Brady where clearly his plan, the master plan with the Dolphins, that went awry. And so he unretired and he had to unretire with the, the Buccaneers. Because you know the way that it was going to wind up going, right? So he retired. Then over the summer, Dolphins were going to get Sean Payton. Brady was going to have some type of ownership stake, some type of front office role. You know, his family's down here in South Florida. The kids are here in South Florida. And then it was going to get to a place where he wants to unretire. Okay, so now the Dolphins are going to call up the Buccaneers. Compensation, we'll figure that part out. The Buccaneers are like, no, we're not trading him. It's like, okay, well, you can either have a draft pick or you could have nothing. So that would have worked itself out. And Brady would have been the quarterback for the Dolphins. But then you got the Flores lawsuit. The whole thing shakes out like that. And then Brady decides, all right, I'm not ready to stop playing yet. So I'm unretired and I'm going to keep playing with the Bucks. There you go. It, it, it would be, it'd be so ridiculous if we're doing the retire, unretire, retire, unretire game. He's absolutely retired. It's over here. He wasn't very good this year. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't very good this year. I will say this. I So one of my regrets as a sports fan is I, I did not appreciate Michael Jordan. So when Michael Jordan was winning all his championships, I was in my teens, all right? He won his first championship when I was 10 years old. He won his last championship when I was 17 years old. 
I hated Michael Jordan. I hated him because he was doing all the winning, and my team obviously was not. I mean, the Heat, you know, what are we talking? Uh, Two, three, three of the Heat's first, uh, actually four. No, three. Three of the Hurts, three of the Heat's first four years in the postseason. All right. 92, 94, they lost to Atlanta. 96, 97. Three of the Hurts, Heat's first four years, 92, 96, 97, they lost to Chicago in the playoffs. So Michael Jordan would end the Heat seasons, and the Bulls and Jordan always dominated the Heat in the regular season. I hated Michael Jordan as a kid. And. By the time Michael Jordan retired, certainly by the time he got to the Wizards, because he wasn't the same guy anymore, he wasn't bad with the Wizards. But by the way, go look up Michael Jordan's numbers with the Wizards. He he was not bad. Now the team stunk. They never made the playoffs. But by the time Michael Jordan retired, I regretted the way that I felt about Jordan because I don't think that I I mean, I appreciated him, but I don't think I appreciated him to the capacity, to the level that I could have or that I should have. I don't think I enjoyed him to the level that I should have because I was so busy hating him. I was so busy being angry with him because he always hurt my team. And it's probably my biggest regret as a sports fan is not appreciating Michael Jordan enough. And I almost made the same mistake with Brady. Now, with Brady, it's a little bit different because, yes, while the Bulls would always beat the Heat, Bulls and Heat were not rivals. And the Heat, except for losing to them in 97, the Heat were not a contender. So, it, you know, with Brady, I almost made the same mistake, although it's a little bit different because the Patriots in all these years, huge rival of the Dolphins. Just making the Dolphin fan miserable all these years. So, when I say I almost made the same mistake with Brady, at least it was justified because Brady and the Patriots were making the Dolphins fans' life miserable. Miserable. But I was a lot... Like, I got out of making that mistake again when he left the Patriots. So, I hate Tom Brady. I obviously hate the Patriots. I want Brady's career to end the way Marino's career ended, where it's just like, he can't move out there. He's throwing pick sixes all over the place. You can't fix old. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Wise man once said that. You can't fix old. It's time to retire. So, that's how I wanted Brady's career to end. And he goes to Tampa. And then it's like, you start to see a little bit of that person, a little bit more of that personality come out. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like him. I don't hate him anymore. It was the Patriots and the Patriot way that made me hate him. I don't hate him anymore. Matter of fact, I like him. And I've liked Brady these last three years. It was cool that he won the Super Bowl in Tampa because it really stuck it to the Patriots and to Bill Belichick. And you've gotten to see more of his personality these last three years. And I've enjoyed that. He, he's, he's a great dude. So I almost made the same mistake with Brady that I did with Jordan. But I was able to avoid it because he left the Patriots. And I really appreciated and enjoyed the last few years. Of Tom Brady. So he's done. That news broke this morning. And and here's the thing. You got you to gotta think. He's going to be on the Super Bowl broadcast, right? He's going to Fox. And it's interesting because Greg Olson's getting all this love. Greg Olson's the number one team with Kevin Burkhart. They're doing the Super Bowl. 
And Greg Olson's been getting all kinds of love. He's the new guy that everybody loves. Everybody hates Romo now. And everyone loves Greg Olson. He's really good, right? I haven't heard very much, but apparently he's really good. And Olson recently spoke about it, that he understands the scenario if Tom Brady decides to retire. And he said, this is, it's going to suck, but you know I'll wind up moving to, to the second team, to the next team. And that's what's going to wind up happening, which is crazy that he's, go- he's really good, Greg Olson. He's going to call the Super Bowl, and then he's going to essentially be demoted. For Brady, who's never done this before. Now, Brady may be great at it, but that kind of sucks for Greg Olson. He understands. He said, I'm a big boy. I understand what I signed up for. I know the way it goes. But Brady's probably going to be on the Super Bowl coverage, right? God knows, that, like, they committed so much money to him. And now he's not going to be on the game. Like, like it's, it's Kevin Burkhardt and, and Greg Olson. But he'll be on the studio panel. He'll be on the, on the set live on the field, right? So... That's in a week and a half from now. You're probably going to get Brady. Like, maybe that maybe that had something to do with the timing here. I mean, we're not even into the Super Bowl. We haven't even finished Super Bowl. And he announced that he's retiring. So, I think the timing makes it pretty clear he's going to be on that broadcast. So, it's interesting. And and I also you also got to give it up to him where... He, he broke the news this week as opposed to next week where it takes away from the Super Bowl. This week, there isn't a whole lot going on. So you like that he broke... This is a great talking point for all the, all, all, all the schmucks like me. So you like that he did it this week and didn't take any of the shine away from the Super Bowl doing it next week. You got to respect for that. That's a good job out of him. All right. We're going to talk to Mike Golick Jr., Coming up on the program today, we'll talk some Tom Brady with him. We'll talk some NFL. We haven't spoken to Gold Jr. in a while, so we'll get him on. He's got his podcast, DraftKings. He's killing it there. So we'll get Mike Golick Jr. coming up on the program in a little bit. Now, we got to talk about the Heat here, right? So the Heat, great. Talk a little bit about the Heat. We got to talk a lot of bit about the Heat. I was pumped for that win last night. I, honest to God, I was on the edge of my couch right in front of the television. I was very into the fourth quarter of that game. I thought the Heat played a great game. That's a big-time road win. Yeah, I understand Cleveland, they've dropped off a little bit, but if you got any chance of continuing to climb in the standings, these games this week, tomorrow night they're at New York, and now they gained a little separation uh, because the Lakers beat the Knicks last night in New York. You gained some separation on the Knicks, 6-7, and seven, and the Heat now, they're a game back of number 5 Cleveland. So... That was a huge win last night, standings-wise. I will tell you, Donovan Mitchell struggled last night. And, and Tyler, Hero, like, Tyler Hero had 18 points and shoot well, hit a bunch of threes. But I'm, I'm glad we don't have to do the Tyler Hero, Donovan Mitchell storyline today. Like I was dreading that. I was figuring, you know what? The Heat are going to lose last night. Mitchell's going to have a huge game. And we're going to have to talk about what a mistake it was what a disaster that they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell giving up Tyler Hero. Zaslow, you said Hero's, uh, you know, Hero's just as good as Donovan Mitchell. No, that's not what I said. I said I don't know how much better Donovan Mitchell is than Tyler Hero. Now, I, I think I, I think I've been proven wrong as far as that point goes. Donovan Mitchell, it would appear, is a lot better than Tyler Hero, but. The overall point was, I didn't know how much better Donovan Mitchell was than Tyler Hero to mean trade the Mac Daddy trade package. Hero 
all the draft picks for Mitchell, does he make you that much better? Is that worth, is that difference worth giving up everything? And I contended that I don't, I don't believe so. But I do think I'm wrong about Jonathan Mitchell not being that much better than Hero. He's a lot better. He's a lot better. And that's not a knock on Hero. That's maybe I didn't realize how great Donovan Mitchell was. But he struggled last night. So we don't have to do that today. We don't have to do the whole Hero Mitchell saga today. All right. I'm glad about that. But last night, a great fourth quarter from the Heat where they made all the plays. All the plays. So the Heat are down 93-92. They, they were up by, I think they were up by five with four minutes left. Then you get a couple three-pointers there. All of a sudden, you're down by one. And with about two and a half minutes left, Bam steps right into a jumper. That jumper that he's been hitting all year long now. Bam steps right into that jumper. He'd go ahead 94-93. Then the next possession, Bam, big-time offensive rebound, put back. He got fouled. They didn't call it. Now the Heat are up 96-93. That next possession, Jimmy Butler. He hits the huge jumper, puts you up two possessions. Timeout Cleveland, you're up 98-93. And then after that, another offensive rebound from Bam. Leads to Jimmy being fouled. He gets one or two free throws. All of a sudden, you're up 99-93. Yes, you had to come up with a stop on the very last possession of the game because Jimmy did miss a free throw. But you wind up having, a, I think it was Mitchell. He came up short. He grabbed the rebound. Heat win 197. The Heat have played a ton of close games this year. And... That's going to wind up helping them when we get to the playoffs. They're, I don't know if their record is great in the close and late games, but they played a ton of these close and late games. And last night, their big guys made all the big plays. Big baskets from Bam. Big basket and free throw from Jimmy. Big offensive rebounds from Bam. I, I think Bam's that guy now. I do. Now, I said a couple days ago, still got to see him in the postseason. And Zach Harper from The Athletic, who joined us a couple days ago, that was the first thing he said. Is, oh, I said, yo, Bam's looking like he's that guy. He said, I got to see him in the playoffs. Yeah. And that is a totally fair thing to say. Got to see it in the playoffs. But right now, based on what we are seeing, there's no reason to believe it's not going to show up in the playoffs. Because it's not as if he was this guy in the regular season and then faded in the playoffs. This is a much more complete player that we're seeing. There is no reason to believe we're not getting this BAM in the playoffs. And hey, I said this earlier. I said this after the loss to Charlotte on Sunday afternoon. This Heat team, they can lose to anyone, and they can beat anyone. And we saw it this week. Losing at Charlotte is so stupid. Winning at Cleveland is so awesome. This team can lose to anyone. They can beat anyone. And going into the playoffs, they are going to be a big problem for whoever they face. Like, I I think we are at the place where everybody realizes, yeah, it hasn't been a great season, but this team is going to defend the shit out of you. They're, They're holding teams under 100. 97 points they held Cleveland to. They're holding teams under 100, which in today's NBA... Never happens anymore. It's crazy. This team is defending the hell out of you. They held Cleveland in 97. You go back uh, a few games ago, they held Boston to 95. The game before that, they hold New Orleans to 96. 
The game before, uh, two games before that, they held New Orleans to 98. So, four of the last seven games, the Heat have held their opponent under 100 points. That's big time. That's big time defense. This is not a big time offensive club. I'm hoping that at the trade deadline, which is eight days away, a week from tomorrow, that the Heat can add a guy who could stretch the floor a little bit for them. The Heat stink from three. They were great from three last night. What do you know? They wind up winning. The Heat are a a, a shit three-point shooting team this year. If they can get a guy who can knock down some shots, who can help in that area, you know this team is going to be a problem defensively for whoever they face in the postseason. Right now at number six, you're in that Brooklyn-Philadelphia range. Oh, my God. Can Can you imagine facing either of those teams? It'd be so much fun. Oh, you'll never hear the end of it from me. If the Heat were to face Brooklyn, and right now the Heat are only a game back in number five, Cleveland. If the Heat were to face Brooklyn in the first round, oh my God, you would never hear the end of it when the Heat take that ass. The Heat are playing really well right now. They're still going to throw up a stinker every now and then, like Sunday afternoon against Charlotte. But I, when's the fun starting? I think the fun has started. I think the fun has started. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Been waiting a while for this. Really good stuff. I was I was on the edge of my seat on the couch last night. And you know what? So they're 29 and 23 right now. This team is, a, a, after, the, after everything they've been through so far this year, this team is still going to win around 46 games. That's a good year. 46 wins. 46 and 36. The Heat would have to go 17 and 13 the rest of the way. Feel pretty good about that. Pretty confident the Heat can go 17 and... Th- I mean, they better go at least 17 and 13 the rest of the way. They're still going to win like 46-some-odd games this year. It's a good record. It's a good record. And just like every other team that Eric Spolstra has coached in his career as Miami Heat head coach, this team is trending upward. The second half of the season, they are always better the second half of the year. They always improve throughout the season. Great win last night. Really good win last night in Cleveland. That game was fun as hell, man. But like I said, they can lose anyone and they can beat anyone. Good thing is, when they play the level of their competition. And when he gets to the playoffs, level competition's all good. You're playing good team. They're, they're going to play well in the playoffs, most likely. Now, we got to get to the other part of the story last night, which sucks. I hate that this is a story after every single game. It's obnoxious at this point. I hate that this has to be a... It has to be a topic. 
I hate that it has to be a topic and that this is a talking point after every game. It's much easier to do this after a win, but after every game now, you got this Kyle Lowry elephant in the room that we got to talk about. He sucks. So last night, again, another fourth quarter where he doesn't touch the floor. And another fourth quarter where the Heat make all the plays and wind up winning the game. Now, like I got a tweet earlier this morning from my man Howard. You can hit me up at Zaslow Show. When is Spo going to stop being so stubborn, move him to the bench, blah, blah. First of all, Spo is a stubborn coach. He's got his ways. He's got some stubbornness to him. I think he would tell you that. But he doesn't play Lowry in the fourth quarter anymore. That's a pretty major adjustment that the coach is making there. How about, how about Vincent picking up his fifth foul, I think it was, with around five minutes left in the game? Who subs in for him? Oladipo. Not Lowry. Oladipo. Lowry doesn't play fourth quarters anymore. That's a major adjustment. Now, I know Lowry, see, he was quoted a couple days ago. You know, the numbers, they don't have to be there as long as I'm making plays. I'm doing what it takes to win. Does anyone feel like he's making plays and doing what it takes to win? And it's not the same thing. Making plays, when you're not putting up any kind of stats, not putting up any kind of numbers, it's not the same thing making plays to win when you're a guy like Gabe Vincent making a couple million dollars and you're a guy like Kyle Lowry making $28 million. It's not the same thing. You're not making enough plays to win to justify $28 million. Oh, Zaslow, what does a salary matter as long as you have one? No, the salary matters because at $28 million, you're taking up a massive chunk of the cap and you're not worth that salary slot. You know what else the Heat can do with $28 million worth of salary? That's why I don't want to hear that bullshit about it's not all about the points, it's not all about the numbers, it's making plays win. Well, first of all, the coach doesn't trust you anymore to make these plays to win because you don't play in the fourth quarter. And you're not doing enough to justify. The salary matters. It's not like in baseball, the salary wouldn't matter because there's no salary cap. So, so, so it doesn't matter. You can, you can fix, essentially, how much money you're playing, paying player X, bring in another player. It, the, there's no salary cap. But in basketball, you can't just fix it. He's taken up that dollar value. You can't bring in somebody else to make up for it. So it's bullshit. He's not doing anything to help this team winning. In, at halftime last night, he had zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. He didn't play in the fourth quarter last night. In three out of four... And he's not a good defender anymore. In three out of four... Just because he takes a charge every now and then, that does not make you a good defender. In three out of four quarters last night, in a tight game, a game that you needed to win, three out of four quarters, he gave you zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. That is not a player that's helping you win. And that's why I said a couple days ago, like, which is less believable? That report out there that teams are calling the Heat about Kyle Lowry, but the Heat are rebuffing the calls. Which is less believable? That teams are calling the Heat or that the Heat are rebuffing the calls? Because the one that's less believable is that teams are calling the Heat by a landslide. 
by a landslide. There is no scenario that teams are calling the Heat and they're turning them away. No one's calling. No one's calling about Kyle Lowry. It's an unmovable contract right now. And look, I hate that we have to do this after every game now, right? After every game, this is a talking point. But it's a necessary talking point. He is as unlikable a player the team has ever had. He stunk again last night. Throwing the ball away. Hitting uh, Darius Garland in the face. Stupid fouls. And he got that stupid look on his face. No one's calling about him. The Heat would jump at moving him so fast if anyone was calling. And, you know what's... I'm so tired of talking about this guy. And you know what's also even more aggravating? Not that he's the player that he was. But don't forget... Not only did the Heat give Lowry this money, but they traded away an all-time great Heat culture guy in Goran Dragic for him. Goran Dragic quite possibly will have his number retired by the Heat one day. They traded that guy for this guy. And it's one thing like, all right, Dragic, he's not what he was, but you're going to be a lot more sympathetic when it's your guy who's declining in in skill, age, all that. But when you bring in this outsider and you pay him what he's being paid and his style of play is so unesthetically pleasing, it's hard to swallow. It's really hard to swallow. All right, I got to tell you guys about Doctors on Call 365. I'm, I'm making myself sick over Kyle Lowry. But if you're not feeling well, Doctors on Call 365, South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. If you're not feeling well, you think you may have COVID, you think you may have the flu, Doctors on Call 365, you give them a call at 786-577-9302, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you're going to get someone on the phone immediately. You're going to have a doctor come to your home Give you that COVID test, that strep test, that flu test. If you need blood drawn, if you need vitamin therapy, uh, you, you need a prescription filled or refilled, Doctors on Call 365 is coming to your home, your office, wherever you're at to, treat, to, to, to get treated. If you call the doctor's office, hey, I got an opening in 30 weeks from now. Terrible. Doctors on Call 365 is coming to your home that day to treat you. It's self-pay right now. You got private insurance, Medicare acceptance coming soon. But you're going to wind up paying less for Doctors on Call 365 coming to your home than you would pay if you go sit in the emergency room for hours and you pay your copay or the urgent care center. Doctors on Call 365.com, 786-577-9302. I've used them several times already. I wouldn't recommend them if it wasn't. I mean, it's so convenient. The price is great, and you're getting taken care of in the comfort of your own home. Doctors on call 365-786-577-9302. All right, so you know all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with the Caribbean soul. Start your evening. It's the middle of the week. Let's get after it. A refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack at your local Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Remember to always drink responsibly. And, of course, Johnny Cuba's mantra, I practically live my life by it. Stay tranquilo. Joining us here is our pal Mike Golick Jr. He's got the Gojo podcast available wherever you get your podcasts right now. Been a while since we've spoken. Uh, I remember, actually, I think it was 
man, it's it's hard not to remember the date because it was three years ago. It was the week we were all dealing with the Kobe Bryant, you know, anniversary. It was that Super Bowl week in Radio Row here in Miami. You were still working uh, at the mothership. I was still doing the show with Amber Wilson on Odyssey. That was the first time we met that week. Hard to believe that was so long ago. Uh, are you going, are you doing the Gojo show from Radio Row next week? Are you doing any kind of festivities? Yeah, we'll be out there all week long. Uh, myself and the rest of the DraftKings crew will be set up with the VSIN crew out at Radio Row. So we'll be throwing bows out there all week. You know, it's especially, you're right, uh, with, you know, in the middle, everything that happened with COVID and how that kind of changed it up. It's going to be weirdly nostalgic being back in a fully throated Radio Row, getting ready to go and, uh, you know, getting ready for an incredible Super Bowl matchup too. We're super lucky in that regard. So we'll be out there though, ready to go, definitely. It's, it's probably weird now. Like, are there going to be a bunch of... Uh, like a bunch of digital, a bunch of podcasts set up now on Radio Row. Is that what it looks like now? I'm sure it's going to be a mix of all that now, man. It's a it's an interesting time where audio has a lot of different forms, and so I'm sure there'll be digital stuff. I know I'm jumping on a couple of other live podcasts that are getting pumped out. It's just it's kind of where we're at at this point. We're just a bunch of people with microphones covered in sweat, eating <laughs> trash for an entire week inside of an event hall. That's what it boils down to. We are all equal in the eyes of God and the food services <laughs> folks that have to serve the absolute gluttons that are a part of audio. Hey, so so we find out this morning, uh, you know, Brady releases the video. What do you think the timing there was about? Because I, I, I immediately think two things. Number one, I commend him for not doing it next week. Don't take away the shine from the Super Bowl. This is the week to do it. All of us need something juicy to talk about to fill time this week. So that's a good job out of him. Also, doing it this week, he's going to be on Fox's Super Bowl coverage, right? I'd imagine, yeah, in some way, shape, or form. And I don't know if that was a part of it in particular. I joked that he saw Greg Olson cooking in that Fox 1 booth and thought, man, I better get over here and start working before I get fully Wally Piffed, even though the money would never allow it. But, I mean, the timing indicates this is a man that knows content, surely, because doing it the Wednesday, we had all the coaching news yesterday. It's the Wednesday in the middle of Pro Bowl week. You will get your just due, and it'll come from others. He did a short and sweet video. He understood and even joked, you only get one long retirement letter, and I cashed that chip in last year. And so I think this, to me, indicates that he actually wants to be done. And he got to do it on his own terms. We didn't have any insider leak it, so we're not going to have him rage enter back into the game and try and do this. His life changed a lot in this last year. I know people want to equate it to just the, the one of one, you know, he came back and got divorced. But to me, that's indicative of, all right, you know what? There's some things that probably as a family man, as a father, and, and you know, as a, you know, co-parent that I'm sure he wants to do more and more of now. He's a 45-year-old adult. There's a lot of things that he's got going on in his life, and I think now he's finally at the point after how exhausting last year looked. He just never – it never looked like it was a good time last year. And I know we all thought, myself included, maybe that would prod him to want to go out on his own terms, but it also could just show you, man, I don't know if I can put – all the things that I put into this game for the whole 365 in to get potentially that kind of result again. Have you ever had any regrets as a sports fan? Because one of my, and I almost, I almost repeated this regret with Brady because one of my regrets as a sports fan was I hated Michael Jordan growing up. All right. He won his championships all throughout my teenage years 
He used to kill the Heat in the playoffs. He used to always beat the Heat in the regular season. So I hated Michael Jordan. And then when Michael Jordan retired, I was uh, in college. So I was a little bit more mature. And I'm like, man, I really regret the way that I looked at him when he played because I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have because I spent all the time hating him. And I almost did that with Brady. Now, it's rightfully so with Brady because it's the Patriots, it's the Dolphins, it's in the division. But like, I'm glad that Brady got to spend the last few years in Tampa because I really liked him the last few years. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it's actually an interesting lens to think about viewing Aaron Rodgers through right now. Because talk about a guy who's one of the last remnants of the old guard of NFL quarterbacks, as we've seen Drew Brees and then Ben Roethlisberger and now Tom Brady and a number of guys that were foundational in my football life as a young person growing into a young adult. The guys that I watched playing when I was in college, I think for all of the reasons off the field and some of the complications with him as a person that Aaron Rodgers has had that aggravate us at times and have made people look differently. That man was the original Patrick Mahomes. And I think remembering as we go, whether it's with the Packers, whether it's with another team, whether he decides to hang it up, if we do get more Aaron Rodgers, kind of appreciating what a unique football space he occupied being that foil to Brady where he was the one we always said best versus most accomplished he was so much more talented than Tom and the things that he did outside of the body of the play were so spectacular it gave us the opportunity to get to the Mahomeses and the Josh Allens of the world so I think that's a smart way to remember to inform how we look at a lot of these guys because it doesn't last forever we're getting that realization now with so many great players are we going to miss Brady? Because I think the NFL is, it's a different kind of machine. Like when LeBron eventually retires, we're going to miss LeBron. All right. But I don't know that we're going to miss Brady. Like, do you miss watching Peyton Manning? Cause like, I mean, not really just, they keep turning out these great quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, listen, the NFL got bailed out and, and, I think this is a larger football conversation of you let more people into the party at quarterback. Like before, when those guys were coming up, we still had a lot of, you know, there was a lot of stigmas inside the sport about black quarterbacks playing the position and the idea of dual threat almost seeming like a four-letter word and the thought process, even going back to when RG3 came into the league, that, oh, you can't do this in this league because the athletes and the defenses are too good. And as it happened in high school and in college, where more of these spread offenses put their best player, their best athlete at quarterback, these guys that were capable of doing so many high-level things from the neck up, but can also buy you time with their feet. The league has spent so much time and effort, rules and money-wise, taking care of the quarterback that now having guys there that can do incredibly exciting things, the things that we used to see from running backs. You know, back in the day, that used to be the position that had the creativity, that was dynamic, that made the plays that sort of live in our head. Now you got quarterbacks capable of doing that. And so if you are in the NFL, yes, you're an incredibly great and healthy place to be able to absorb this because you've got Patrick Mahomes and you've got Joe Burrow and you've got Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and on and on down the list of these captivating guys that seem like they're here to stay and have already accomplished so much as young players. As a uh, as a former player, and and of course now a fan, how did you experience uh, Joseph Osai at the end of the, the Bengals-Chiefs game? Because like I... Look, I'm watching it. You know, I got, you know, for gambling purposes, I I got a side in the game, but I'm watching it as a neutral fan. Um, And as a neutral fan, I I, I felt really bad for him, but 
it, like if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm I'm out of my mind. Yeah, so I think as a teammate, the way I always approach those spots is like I was I was happy to see guys like BJ Hill stick up. That's for a him good friend. I, I like that guy now. That's he, that's a good friend at BJ Hill. Yeah, and you have to, no matter what you think, because I, I said with Joseph Osai, it's fascinating because I think it always differs based on what you know about that guy in your locker room, right? I said, if you've got a teammate that is the guy that is uber talented, but he's routinely the guy in the offseason that's missing stuff, that's not a foot on the line guy, that ignores the details and is sloppy with his work, but he's super talented, so you want him out there, and he's the one that makes the mistake, you put on a brave face for the public because it's us versus everybody else. It's family business, and we're not going to let the outside world the fans who are already going to say horrible things go and affect him anymore we're going to have his back publicly but privately you're going to be like damn like this is why we've tr been trying to tell you yeah. but if it's a guy who does all the right things and by all accounts joseph osai seems like one of those guys was having a great game in this one if you've got a guy that's been doing all the right things and bleeding with you every day and he just makes one mistake in a game that is fast and violent and where those things happen you understand, and I know it's a cliche line that no one play wins or loses a game. Every one of those Bengals players is going to go back and watch that film and find a couple plays in the game they don't like about themselves. A couple plays where they made mistakes. And just because theirs wasn't the one right before the end of the game, they're not going to get taken to task in the same way. But you know, as a player, we all have a chance to swing the outcome, positive or negative. And his was just bad timing. So I felt for the dude. I was glad to see people lift him up and rally around him because that's what you've got to do for a guy that's going to deal with so much heat and so much negativity from the outside world world you've got to be their rock in that moment because you're the one who knows what they're really about and you've got to remind them of that in that moment because he was drowning you saw he was drowning in all of that and you've got to be that life preserver for your guy in that moment so right now mike the uh the dolphin fan the last few days it's vic fangio watch like the dolphin fan is crazy about vic fangio not having been announced as the defensive coordinator yet that he may, maybe he's going to renege, you know? Me, I need you to explain to me how important it is for the Dolphins to sign Vic Fangio. I understand he's a great defensive coordinator, but I, I find myself, I can't get wrapped up in it. It's like, if, if he signs, that's that's cool, but otherwise they'll, they'll find another guy to run their defense, you know? I don't know, am I, am I taking it too lightly? Uh, no, I mean, that's probably the healthiest way to look at it. Now, it is important, and Vic's a great defensive mind. There's no denying that that man could come in and structurally, leadership-wise, may not have been right to be a head coach, but certainly knows how to coordinate the hell out of the defense. And if you're a Dolphins fan, looking and knowing, hey, all right, our, quarter, our head coach, he's got the offense wrapped up. Like, we know the quarterback situation, that's going to be the thing that requires the most care going forward. But we got a coach that's a legitimate difference maker on that side of the ball. And we've got players that are legitimate difference makers, especially in that front seven on the defensive side of the ball on that D-line. And so making sure you've got an adult in the room who's able to go and get the best out of them. I can understand why that's important, but I, I don't know. I have a hard time. And maybe this is just the old player. Like when people transfer, when people took different jobs, I'm like, all right, we'll wait for the person who wants to be here and we'll go forward with them has always kind of been my attitude. Give me some thoughts on Mike McDaniel here real quick, because Mike McDaniel yeah. obviously had the five game losing streak. Um, I, I thought he had a really rough playoff game, obviously. But why does why does a coach need to essentially be a finished product in his first year? Quarterbacks, we give the leeway. Hey, it's going to take a year or two. 
They're going to be a lot better by year three. We saw it with Tua than he was the first couple years. Why don't coaches get afforded that leeway? Like, I like Mick McDaniel, but I also think that, hey, he made some mistakes this year, and I would expect a rookie head coach to grow and be a lot better by year two and three. I feel like coaches don't get that leeway. No one gets leeway anymore. Like, we just we don't allow for that as a society. We don't allow anybody to get – you've got to get in and show us immediate returns right now or you're bad and you're a bust <laughs> and you're a waste. That's how this goes. Now, the notion that there would be any negative sentiment about Mike McDaniel overall, like, yeah, you can have criticism about individual decisions. What that guy did this year – I've said Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of credit for going and getting to the level that they did with their third quarterback. But they had definitive answers – at who was available at that position, right? At the beginning of the season, Trey Lance gets hurt. He is done. You have Jimmy Garoppolo from there on. At that point, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, and he gets hurt. He is done. And so now it's Brock Purdy time. It was clean breaks each and every time. For Miami, as the quarterbacks rotated all year, it was Tua dealing with a concussion, Teddy dealing with different injuries, kind of having game plans ready for multiple guys, especially down the stretch of the season going towards the playoff game, what he maxed out with that offense. And yeah, I know the receivers there certainly help, but you would have decided schematic advantage. Not every coach can be everything at all times. We see this with clock management with Andy Reid. We see this with conservative fourth down calls with Kyle Shanahan. Every coach is going to have a couple of things that they don't do well. Sometimes that's consistently. Sometimes it pops up in moments. You want someone who is very good at a few things. And Mike McDaniel has already shown leadership-wise, being able to get the most out of Tua and help revive that player's career and get it going on the right track. That's something that coaching-wise we devalue all the time. Someone who can actually go in and connect with these guys and get the most out of them, and then bringing over an offense that's part of a tree that's sweeping the NFL, but adding his own wrinkles to it based on the personnel that they have had. I thought Mike McDaniel was a guy that, again, Brian Dable ran away with Coach of the Year because of what he did with how little he had in New York with the Giants. Kyle certainly deserve some praise as well on that uh you know what we saw with Doug Peterson and the Jags but there was a world where I thought Mike McDaniel could have got some votes based on what he was able to do with this Dolphins team I think Mike McDaniel's job going into the year was to find out if the Dolphins have a quarterback he accomplished that and made the playoffs when that quarterback missed five games I, I thought he did a I thought I thought he gets flying colors passing grades this year uh Lastly, I want to ask you uh, about the Super Bowl, but I really want to ask you about the Kelsey brothers. Like, yeah. like what's going on in their house, in the family's house this week? Are, are are Travis and Jason do they do they talk to each other this week? Like, what do you imagine goes on there? Oh yeah, I, I'm with how close those guys are. I mean, they do a podcast. They they liked that relationship so much they decided they wanted to give it to other people. So. I'd imagine it's going to be a really fun week in the house, mostly because remember, they both already got rings. Now they're hyper competitors. They're both future hall of famers. They're both part of teams that are on the cusp. Like you, they know both of them. You don't get that many opportunities to do this. Even for these guys, you know, Jason had the five-year gap in between the last championship and this one, he had the lead up to it before they appreciate this moment. But there's also that, and they just, they seem really close. Like I'm sure that's a family with a group chat that has, 
traded barbs already this week where moms probably had to lay down the law because I'm sure Donna's got to be the one to make sure because, you know, moms, you got to keep mom happy. That's the rule. So for this next week, it will be their job to keep mom happy. But it, it, to me, I think is a cool celebration moment for them. These guys are already made men in the NFL. They've become two of the best faces and they get to accomplish something so unique. Like I got to play college football with my brother, we played on the same team. So we were never playing against each other. We played on the same team in high school, never had to play against each other. And for them, at least, they also don't have to line up against each other. I remember listening to Chris Long talk about when him and Kyle used to square off when Kyle was playing for the Bears and Chris was with the Eagles at the time. And it wasn't fun for them, like having to go up against your brother potentially and one of you beat the other, like you don't really want that as much as you guys talk bleep to each other out of fun. Like there's so much love in these relationships. I'm glad these two guys don't actually get to square off. So it'll be an awesome celebration for them and their families. I'm sure Donna and Ed who have become characters in the game now too, uh, are going to have a blast with it. And I'm really excited for them. I know you're way into pop culture on the Gojo show. What are we, uh, what are we watching these days? Have you finished Netflix? Are you watching something? Uh, Watching the last of us on HBO. Oh, everyone loves that. I got to watch that. Right. It's it's really good. So I didn't play the video game. It's an adaptation from a really, really pot. Like I had a friend of mine say the original Last of Us video game is one of the 10 best stories he's ever like heard, read, seen. And they've adapted it to screen right now. Um, And through three episodes, it's already produced one episode that I would call one of the best, if not the best episodes of television I've seen in the last five years. It was incredible. There's a Nick Offerman appearance in there who is sensational. So uh, Murray Bartlett, who just came off season one of White Lotus as Armand in that one is also in the episode. Uh, But yeah, that one passes with flying colors. It had the largest episode one to episode two jump in viewership on HBO Sunday nights in the history of HBO. So get on the wagon right now because this train is going places. Okay. So it's not streaming. It's, it's, it's a weekly episodic show on HBO. It's a weekly episodic show. They do factor in, you know, it's on HBO max. You can watch it after, but we talk all the time. Like we thought appointment viewing died when HBO, uh, when game of Thrones, I miss appointment viewing. I, I like, I like that. It's an event where we're all watching at the same time. And we got that again with game of Thrones, house of the dragon. We did. And, And this even seems to have taken it a step further. And it's always good because you bring the video game audience that wants to see how you have adapted. And so far, I've done the nerdy thing where I go and watch on YouTube and they do the side by side. It's been pretty like it's been pretty dutiful to the game as far as how they've gone, even frame by frame in some of the shots. But awesome. It's, you know, post-apocalyptic. It's a I won't spoil too much zombie ish, like zombie esque uh, thriller there. But uh a genre that I really like, and so far, again, it is has been incredible. So highly, highly recommended if you've got the time on Sunday nights. I'm going to get to that. I'm watching. I'm a little bit behind, but I'm watching Alice in Borderland right now. Have you seen Alice in Borderland? I have not. No, I've been doing. I've been doing this, and I've been doing the White Lotus seasons right now. So I haven't gotten to Alice in Borderland yet. Worth the time? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 essentially like Squid Game. Uh, I was on Squid Game like right at the start. Now when it became cool. For everybody who yeah. watched Squid Game, I watched it immediately. I'm like, and then the show blew up. This was recommended to me. It's very, it's very similar to Squid Game. So Alice in Borderland, I dig it if you like that kind of stuff. All right, there we go. Listen, always, always looking for more. Like, so my like weird, everyone's, I think, got like one weird personality trait yeah. or like one sort of like hipster niche thing that they go into. I really like anime. 
And so really? I'm always, yeah, I, for, I, I, grew, I was a kid that grew up with Dragon Ball Z being really popular, which is funny because you look at a lot of young NFL players and young NBA players, a lot of them grew up sort of consuming that same stuff. You see a lot of that work its way into pop culture references with young professional athletes right now. So I grew up on the Dragon Ball Z stuff. I've worked my way through a bunch of other stuff. It it is very daunting because we talk about some of these shows where there's robust catalogs. I opened up a show the other day called Bleach and I wanted to watch the new series of it. And I was like, oh, I probably need to go back and check out the original 26 seasons and 350 episodes of the show. It's a legitimate undertaking. So yeah. for someone who once thought watching four seasons of Game of Thrones, catching up during OTAs <laughs> was a daunting task. This one laid in front of me is even more uh, rigorous. So maybe I'll take the break and go Alice in Borderland instead. Mike, tell everyone how they can watch the listen to the Gojo show. Yeah, uh, you can check us out uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, iHeart, all that good stuff. Uh, We also put the episodes up on YouTube uh, under the DraftKings YouTube channel, the Gojo with Michael Jr. playlist on that website. And uh, yeah, we know uh, at Gojo Show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place. We're going to be pushing out a bunch of good stuff during Super Bowl week, taking everyone around Radio Row and, you know, probably following around my dad if Stu Gotts makes an appearance there. We'll just put the camera on him the entire time and watch him wag his sausage fingers at everybody in Scottsdale. (laughs) Excellent job, Mike. Appreciate you stopping by here, man. Have fun next week. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you. Excellent job by Mike Golick Jr. Always love catching up with him. And again, of course, you can check out the Gojo podcast there wherever you get your podcasts. So tonight, we're off tonight. The Panthers are obviously on all-star break. The Heat, they're in New York tomorrow night. Yes, you have AEW Dynamite this evening, so I'm looking forward to watching my stories. But outside that, we got a nice little relaxing evening. Okay, I'm into that. So who knows? Maybe things will be going, you know, maybe we'll get after it tonight in the Zaslow Mansion. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But what I can tell you is, Let's do big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. You know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you what is a big deal. First up, I got to tell you about Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. You know that's my spot for all the big games. Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach, world's greatest upscale dive bar. We're talking live music every single night, all right? For instance, tonight at 7 p.m., you got live music getting going. It's Wednesday, so you got fish and chip specials, the Briny Hour, that's happy hour. Every weeknight, 4 to 7 p.m. And, of course, like I said, live music seven days a week. All kinds of food. You got craft beer. You got great craft beer on tap as well. And, you know, I watch all the big football games at Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. World's greatest upscale bar. So easy to get there. Atlantic Boulevard all the way to the Atlantic. But don't park in the ocean. Park right behind the Briny because it's free parking in the lot behind the Briny. They will validate your tag. So, again, tonight... It's Wednesday. That means you got fish and chip specials all night long to go along with live music. Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. Big deal or not a big deal? First up, how about this? Myers Leonard, former Miami Heat big man who's been out of the league now for a few years. We know he was on a uh, a Twitch video game stream and he, he used a, a derogatory term to describe Jews. It rhymes with bike, starts with a K. There you go. A lot of people, when this happened... Had never heard of that word. Did not know what that word meant. I totally believe from the get-go that Myers Leonard had no idea what that word meant. But the fact of the matter was, he did use it in a derogatory fashion because he was 
calling someone who he was playing the video games with. So, like, he was playfully mad at that person, and he called them what he knew was a derogatory term. He just didn't know that it's essentially, you know, the N-word or, you know, the the F-word, the homophobic slur. That's what it is for Jews. And, of course, he essentially got canceled. I hate the cancel culture, but he essentially got canceled. The Heat suspended him. Uh, They ended up trading him, and he's been out of the league ever since. Now, Myers Leonard was super apologetic right from the get-go. And to be perfectly honest, Myers Leonard has probably been spending more time the last couple years in the Jewish community than I have trying to make things right and learn. So, look, I've forgiven Myers Leonard a long time ago, and he he most recently, I, I think it's out now, is on Outside the Lines with Jeremy Schapp. I know Pablo Torre on ESPN Daily talked to Jeremy Schapp yesterday's episode, was talking about his conversation with Myers Leonard. I want to get to that. That's a big deal. I'm, I'm interested in hearing from Myers Leonard. Big deal or not a big deal? How about this? One of those surveys online was uh, unscientific surveys. I don't know. Maybe it is scientific. There was a survey, or, or they used some kind of algorithm, however you use that kind of stuff, to determine on Twitter which NBA fan bases are the most toxic or the most negative. And as it turns out, during games that their team plays, the fan base that is most negative on social media is your Miami Heat. I'm going big deal on this. I'm going big deal because, you know, you remember uh, the Heat fan, the Heat fan gets a lot of shit. The Heat fan, the Miami fan in general catches a lot of crap, but... If the Heat fan is being overly negative, the most negative on social media, that means that the Heat fan is super passionate. And for a fan base that, you know, oh, the, you know, it, it gets gets criticism in that regard, that to me is a good thing. That's a good sign. So Heat fans considered most negative on Twitter. I'm going big deal. I like it. Big deal or not a big deal. I saw Ozzy Osbourne has canceled the remainder of his tour and is retiring from touring. He can't do it anymore. This is not a big deal to me. I can't believe that Ozzy Osbourne was still out there touring. There is no way he sounded any kind of reasonable performing these shows anymore. I I can't even imagine paying money to see Ozzy Osbourne these days. It's just going to be mumbling. I'm sure he doesn't move around up there. To me, this is a no-brainer. It's not a big deal. Finally, I got one more for you here. Big deal or not a big deal? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for 2023 have been announced. And among them, I would say the two headliners, you know that they're going to get in this year, I would assume. Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine. That's a big deal. Obviously, for Soundgarden, it's going to be super sad. Chris Cornell, posthumously. Uh, I wonder if they will perform. That'll be interesting because, you know, usually the inductees do perform. Um... I don't know what Soundgarden's going to do there, but certainly very deserved one of my all-time favorite bands. And Rage Against the Machine, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, obviously a no-brainer, one of the all-time great bands. I saw them, the tour last year in Madison Square Garden. Incredible, incredible show. I've seen them twice. It was the first concert I ever went to also. So Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, nominated for the 2023 Hall of Fame class. That's a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes, excellent job by everybody putting together a great show today. Like I said, we got no Heat basketball tonight. Tomorrow we will. The Heat will be in New York. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
LeBron, of course, I should mention this. LeBron, after last night's game, is now 89 points away. All right, if you didn't hear me earlier, LeBron is 89 points away from breaking Kareem's record. There you have it. Obviously, everyone's keeping an eye on that. They're not playing tonight. I think the Lakers are back in action tomorrow. All right. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mother. I say hello. I love you long time. Tell everyone about Zaslow Show 2.0. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies, For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.